Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I trust something you hear in this next hour may just open you to the inner experience of your wholeness. Sound good? What does it mean to realize your inner nature as whole and one? You hear a lot about wholeness and oneness in our world, but really think about that. Your inner nature as whole and one. And how do you integrate the polarities of masculine and feminine, as well as light and dark and consciousness and the unconscious? Our guest today has been steeped in the exploration of applying this inner world of wholeness to the external world of personal and social change for 20 years. She truly embodies the process of transformation in her work on individual, collective, and organizational levels. She has a unique gift of creating a culture of openness, trust, and an awakening to the heart of what really matters and makes us flourish. Her gifts are sure to guide you to discovering the keys to restoring your inner wholeness and how you can apply love and wholeness in all of your relationships. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest on a loose Smitsman is a published researcher, coach, legal strategist, storyteller, trainer, and system developer for transformational change and whole systems learning. She's the CEO and founder of Earthwise Center and co-steward for the United Earth Project. She's currently finishing her book, Earthwise, Love Letters from Our Planet, which will be coming out later in 2017, and it is so inspiring and beautiful. I can't wait till it emerges in the world here. She's a beautiful luminary, and I am so pleased to bring her powerful and inspiring voice to you. Welcome to the show, Annalise. Mm, thank you very much. <laughs> mm, I am like just kind of in a state of intoxication today because I've been <laughs> immersed in your beautiful words, your book, your work. There's so much good stuff here and I frankly don't even know where to start. But as you may know, I have a traditional first question. So I'm going to start there because I really like to put our conversation into a bigger context, which you don't need help doing this. But I'm going to ask you, Luz, can you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Mm, what a beautiful question. Um, what it means for me personally is to really live my life from a place of deep integrity, um, deepest connection with the wisdom of life, um, really grounded in, um, in the wisdom that has been sustaining us um, since forever. Um, all things connected is a deep appreciation for me for the web of life as well. 
and everything that's made it possible for us to be here today. So really honoring our evolutionary story and the seed potentials that are within each of us and how we can bring that forth in a, in a beautiful, loving way and honoring that sacred harmony. Mm. Thank you for that. I, I really appreciate the word harmony. It's been on my mind a lot lately. And mm. I'm gonna, I'll bring that up in a minute, but I, I really would love for our listeners to hear more of our story. You've, you've lived and worked in four different countries and mm. you've played an instrumental role in various social change movements and from providing legal and transformational strategies <laughs> and how to leverage and how to unite. And it's like, working from the individual to the collective, to the organizational levels, it really, really is astonishing to know that you can stay with that integrity that you just mentioned and really work to harmonize that. And I would really love to hear a little bit more about your path, your early path of how you've arrived here today, because you, you, you do live this and breathe it and embody it. Mm, yes, thank you. Um, for me, that started at a very early age. And um, in fact, growing up, I, uh, I was born in the Netherlands and raised in the Netherlands. And um, I found it as sometimes a bit of a culture shock, <laughs> mm. um, to, you know, in the way that people were experiencing life around me, um, also through the educational systems, because for me, I had a very um, deep connectedness with nature. And especially my animal friends. I used to spend a lot of time in the farms. Um, so my first um, also experience of, of wholeness and nonverbal communication and kind of a non-human understanding of wholeness uh, came from nature itself. So for me, it were the animals um, that were my first teachers. And uh, I used to train uh, horses or wild horses when I was just a little girl. Um, and was doing that by communicating and, you know, at a very deep level with them um, and trying to honor also, you know, their purpose and their ways and establishing that relationship. So um, kind of my first experience of honors and honoring of that and the, and the understanding of that came from that time. Um, and then it took all kinds of shapes. Um, when I was um, just 16 years old, I was elected then to be um, a member of the European Youth Parliament, representing as an ambassador for the Netherlands. And this was in the time that it was um, the beginning of the, uh, the the formation of the European Union, uh, more in the form that we know today. And so with the youth of, of Europe, um, we would gather and sit in parallel sessions with the European Parliament and talk about issues such as, you know, what does education for the future mean? Um, what does security on, on an international scale mean? Um, what it means for us to, to unite uh, without loss of cultural diversity? Um, so at an early age, again, those questions about um, integrity. Um, and integrity in this way is if you, if you unify and this is something that I see also in a lot of the groups that are very committed to unification. Um, when we unify or we want to bring something back into the wholeness, 
there's also a risk uh, where unique identities can be lost. So integrity is really important in terms of truly honoring the diversity and the diverse paths and purposes and to seek collaboration. Um, so at that early age, I learned about the importance of collaboration, about really listening, to about understanding, um, you know, that there are different paths towards that um, unity that we all desire um, and also long for and to, to really honor the wholeness in every person and in every collective. Um, that brought me then later to um, study international law and political science because I wanted to have a, I felt for myself, how can I understand um, our humanity if I don't also understand more about the history and I understand about that evolutionary process of how we made that transition from tribal consciousness to um, the identity of the nation and the nation state and nation building processes and why did we really need laws and agreements and you know what was going on so through my uh, studies uh, in my master's degree in international law and political science that gave me more in depth there as well um, but then I felt it was when I was an early age of just 21 or 22 finishing my studies I felt that there was not much that I really had yet understood um, personally um, what that integrity meant um, in a, when you're living in a country where it's not safe um, you know what choices could we be confronted with um, when democracies are very young or states are not stable so this led me then to go to South Africa and this was in 1996 um, just after apartheid had finished and um, I was there to study the changeover and my research was about um, the flus of new democracies, the kind of childhood diseases of new democracies. And the question of that um, integrity and wholeness and all things connected. Um, again, you know, the insights in that realizations deepened so much because and this was at the time that they tried to unify that country, coming out of deep uh, divisions and a lot of pain. Um, and again, they are in so as well that if you speed up that process too quickly, um, it can be dangerous because the person will, you know, the, and the groups that start telling the story about the unification or the integrations, um, because they are the ones telling the stories. Uh, sometimes other people who are not the storytellers uh, can feel left out, uh, which can create uh, new polarities and new divisions that pop up later. Um, after one year of staying there, it wasn't safe enough to stay there. So I went to Australia also because I felt that um, some of the questions that I had about our own humanity and again our evolutionary process, I felt it was something I could learn from the Australian Aborigines um, and their indigenous knowledge uh, systems and, and ways of being in the world. So I spent then eight years in Australia and a lot of time um, really listening and learning from them and spending time in nature and visiting the sacred places and learning more about the dreaming and from, you know, what really touched me from what they shared with me is how they were very conscious of these different evolutionary trajectories um, manifesting and occurring and developing through different civilizations. So they were quite aware 
also of some of our Western societies, even before they had uh, physical contact with us. Mm. And, you know, what they shared with me is that the way that they chose to sustain their culture, and they call themselves also as, you know, the longest um, surviving culture, continuous culture, um, is that they were very conscious that there was something about the seed of our humanity that they needed to preserve, um, which is a very, very deep sense of uh, belonging to the land. And when I talked the way they talked about the land um, and the spirit of the land is that it is a continuous creation process and that the integrity of that, the integrity of the relationship, of our embeddedness within that wholeness, of our right purpose and right relationship with the rest of the web of life um, was for them essential and still is to their sustainability and our sustainability. And therefore, that uh, that seeking of that and the, the maintenance through ritual, through ceremony, and the nourishment of that sacred balance. Um, so there's a lot that I learned from them, um, which became the inspiration also later than for my work in ecological literacy and ecological living. And I've been living in Mauritius in the last 10 years and been sharing these wisdoms really um, which has been foundational for my journey into the kind of new governance systems, um, a new institutional design, whole systems design um, for businesses, for schools, to to really um, you know foster the kind of um, awareness that is essential, especially if we now want to nurture that change and that transition to a more sustainable society. Um, what we can see in society today is that there are just so many divisions, and um, these divisions are also, you know, deeply, deeply within. Um, starting at a very early age already, um, by the way that we um, kind of teach our children to focus and what to uh, lose focus of. Um, so yes, that's a little part, little part of the journey. Um, and the different layers for me, um, you know, that all there and uh, that all influence uh, the work that I do today. Well, it's a beautiful journey, and I really appreciate how you've really integrated what you learned from these travels. But also, Anna Luce, I'm, I'm really intrigued because you're this mystic, you're an empath, you're so intuitive and wise, and yet you are also deeply grounded and you're mm -hmm. really um, an efficient manifester. You, you bring these the sacred wisdom into concrete forms, into frameworks, into practices. And I'm just curious about your own integration because you really are the embodiment of head and heart, of mm -hmm. that left brain, right brain, of bringing the unconscious to the conscious. You really are the living embodiment. And, and then so... I'm curious about your personal practice, how you have learned to embody so proficiently, and then how do you bring these to businesses, schools, and organizations and not lose that, I'm going to say, fluffy side? If we're over here in the Western world, a lot of times our, our right brain or our intuition, our heart is the fluffy stuff or the shaman in us that comes from the unconscious and the dream world is, you know, we write it off. How, 
how do you really embody that and how do you bring that with you so that it's really heard in these organizations and institutions? Mm, wow, what a wonderful question. And, and thank you for that acknowledgement. I, I feel humbled and honored. <laughs> <laughs> you are a brilliant master. I, you, I'm like, I'm like just so in love with you. So yes. <laughs> thank you. I feel a little bit shy now. <laughs> let me, let me share what, what comes. Um, to me, they are all, how my own personal approach about all of that is that they're all different languages. So in my journey early on, um, you know, there is um, there's the language of, of music. Um, you know, there is the language, um, the mathematical language. There's the language of nature. There's the language of patterns. Um, there's, there's a language around intentions and desires and agendas. There's a language of organization. There's a language of law. Um, what I noticed that I needed to, if I wanted to be able to facilitate that, that integration and that, um, bringing forth what is from the unborn worlds into concrete form, um, and through living systems that really, um, bring forth that wholeness. I understood that I had to learn all these different languages and find how they converge. Um, so when I work with people, whether it's on an individual skill or at a collective skill, I first of all try to meet them, um, where they're at and to understand what are their priorities and, and what is their vision, um, or where they're at in their consciousness and what is the collective that they are both resonating with as well as bringing forth into being. And then I... I look into where that connects with the larger vision of where we're at and our beautiful potentials as human beings. Um, so also, I suppose, because if we connect it back to the personal, because you asked me also on, on my personal level, um, what were my practices for that integration? Um, I understood when I was quite young that there is not one school or one edu education um, for the full development of our human potential. So I was always looking for ways to learn more and to find the right support systems um, for that really you know, balanced um, development of my potentials. Um, and through that, um, I also I learned a lot about music. Um, I was trained as a pianist. Um, I was painting since I was very little. Um, the language of nature, as I shared with you earlier, developed that from an early age. Um, listening, really, really deep listening to uh, what is beyond the words and behind the words. And so by within myself, um, by having practices and exercises as well for bringing forth these, these different capacities within um, and then through practices of, of meditation. Um, it really, really helped to integrate. Um, I mean, I spent about seven years of my life for four to five hours in meditation. And um, I was doing that at a time that everybody else around me was going for a career. <laughs> so that was a very, very challenging choice that many people said, what are you doing? You're wasting your life. 
and you're throwing all your skills away. And I said, no, I need to do this because I need to understand myself first. And I need to be able to understand what voice in me and what desire in me is driving me. Um, and I think this is actually, if I, you know, by, if I reflect deeper on your question, quite often when we become um, imbalanced and we start to, to disconnect from our own wisdom and the deeper wisdom of life, is when there are other agendas and there are other impulses that are taking over. And when these other impulses and agendas start to drive uh, and influence our perception, and how we feel about ourselves and the world around us, our vision can become very uh, fragmented and divided. And it's almost like you, you lose track then um, until you get the warning signals and the symptoms from our body as well to say, oh, hold on, you know, you've gone off track, you've gone on the side path, come back to center. So I'd say that, you know, the most important practice for myself and what's, what's helped me the most is self-honesty is really daring to listen to my heart um, and daring to, to really go deeply within myself um, and to trust and also to, um, to be okay in the unknown, mm, to, to be okay to allow um, paths to be formed by the process of who we are. Yeah. The thing that, yeah, thank you. I, I'm inspired by what you began this um, answer with is really looking at all the languages too, that yeah. really the exploration, uh, it, it, it brings us into this kind of this neutral space of inquiry when we're looking at the world in this myriad of languages and mm-hmm. You mention it a way that um, normally our mind doesn't think, well, there's a language of law, there's a language of nature, there's a language of, you know, we're not thinking like that. We think that, well, there's a language of English and, and Russian <laughs> and, you know, we're thinking about language. Yeah. But I love that idea because it really opens us to a, a more fluid exploration of the world around us. Mm, exactly, because you know the this larger being that we're all part of has many ways to express itself. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, and so depending on the purpose of that expression and the growth potentials, um, there's also different sets of languages. And when we learn that, um, naturally you start to experience more of the wholeness and more of the multidimensionality. Mm. And we're not throwing away things like, you know, what I mentioned about you is you're so balanced and integrated, just like, for example, if after the break, we can dig into, you know, the the left brain, the right brain, the masculine, the feminine, we talk about all those polarities that we perceive and, Mm. and are in um, engaged with at at points in our life. But you in in just opening that exploration it it doesn't it it doesn't 
encourage us to throw away those that we don't understand. They're just different and they might not be a primary language that that we speak like law. Mm -hmm. You can speak law. I can't speak law. You know, international, international (laughs) law. No, that's not my thing. But I don't have to throw it out or reject it as 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 something different. And I think a lot of times what's happening with our spirituality today is it's we're like, oh, they don't get it. They're, you know, and yeah. we, we, we try to put things into boxes. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you see, in everything, there is a convergence. Like, take for example, law. You may not speak international law, but you may speak sacred law. Mm. So once you understand that laws were made by people because there was a need for that, so you understand the sacred law principles behind it. You start to understand why people form these ways of thinking and these ways of organizing their activities, you see? So when we go deeper, yeah, you always seek for that convergence. And it's the same as, for me, my my center point is that we're all human beings. You know? So um, if you go that and you go, you go, and as a human being, we come from that evolutionary process. Then whether I speak with a businessman or I speak with a yogi, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're all, they're all also of me and I am of them. Mm, beautiful. That is such a good example. I'm really happy that you brought that up. And, and yes, I can speak sacred law and I can talk about <laughs> sacred geometry and the designs and, and all of the, yes. And I love that idea about convergence. Okay. So we are going to dig into this so much more after the break, but we do need to take a break. So. <laughs> graduation day and the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you be a reader tutor or mentor give advocate volunteer live united take the pledge go to liveunited.org now 
Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Okay, gang. So, chances are there'll never be an emergency ever, ever again. Mm -hmm. But, just in case, let's talk about a plan. Okay. So, who's going to do what? Anyone? Uh... Yeah, okay, perfect. We'll figure it out as we go. So, who is going to grab the go bag? What's a go bag? It is a bag we do not have that is filled with things we really, really need in an emergency. Guess we won't have to worry about it then. Ah, good point. So, uh, we all know who to call if something happens then, right? I'd have to call Jill, Devin, Melissa, Karen, and Bruce. And I will try to call all of you, but Greg doesn't have a cell phone. Dad's phone will have a dead battery. No doubt. And Julie will be on the phone with Jill, Devin, Melissa, Karen, and Bruce. Well, this is great. <laughs> I am so glad that we don't have a plan. I know. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov slash kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Psst, it's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious. And if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack or death get yours to a healthy range before it's too late find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure a message from the american heart association the american stroke association and the ad council positive radio for a better life thank you for listening to empower radio now back to the dr julie show all things connected on empower radio Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with Anna Luce Smitsman, and you can find her work, her beautiful voice in the world, and everything she's working on at earthwisecenter.org, and you spell center, C-E-N-T-R-E.org, since we're international here today. Again, that's earthwisecenter, C-E-N-T-R-E.org. Org. Oh, Annalise, right before the break, we were talking about this beautiful idea of languages and the convergence of this. And one of the things that you've written a lot about, which I appreciate so much, are those polarities. And so yeah. I've mentioned them, you know, the masculine, the feminine, the light, the dark, conscious, unconscious, our right brain, our mm -hmm. left brain. There's, there's so much in our world. And I would love it if you can help our listeners and me mm -hmm. really kind of chew on and integrate that a little bit more today. So um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to pick one of them or just talk about the polarities in general and give us a, a brief introduction of that. Mm, wonderful. Well, let's start with the masculine and the feminine principles. Um, yeah. And see, for me, I don't experience any of these as polarities. But I always feel, yeah, that um, the way that we are taught to see, not the way we naturally see, but the way we are taught and conditioned to see, is to see things in, in contrast. And we experience con contrast as a polarity. Rather than a duality, and there's a big difference because when we experience something as polarized and we see them as opposites, um, but when we start to see them more as a duality, and then deeper than that, if you can see the trinity and the wholeness behind the duality, you start to see it as a wonderful creative tension, um, the dynamic process that that makes a manifestation possible. Yeah. 
Um, and that's why for me, I experienced um, each of those as um, principles that emerge uh, and play uh, a key role um, in the created worlds in order to make manifest all these uh, beautiful sacred potentials that there are and as a playground for consciousness to experience itself and, and by experiencing itself in, as a, in these multitudes and this beautiful diversity, therefore to become self-conscious. Um, so if we go first, for example, of the, the masculine and feminine principles and that are within all of us, um, let's have a look um, to start with, with the feminine. Now, what I've noticed in a lot of my work with women and working with the sacred feminine is that that feminine principle has been quite misunderstood. And um, there's been a lot projected as if the feminine principle is passive uh, because we think that uh, receptivity, which is associated with the feminine principle, is a, is a passive uh, quality. And at the masculine, therefore, we see we create this polarity as if the masculine is active and the feminine is passive. Um, but as you may have seen in my book, uh, when I'm talking about one of the kind of core qualities of the feminine principle in how it plays and dances with the masculine principle is that the feminine as a receptive um, allows that, that masculine active to be received and in our capacity to really receive and contain uh, and by containing providing context and boundaries that active energy becomes self-conscious and self-aware so for example if you're taking within the universe say that masculine expansive energy and the energy and consciousness just keeps expanding expanding and it doesn't meet a boundary um, it doesn't meet a reflection how is it ever going to become conscious of itself so yeah, as the feminine principle to be so receptive and therefore to be able to provide a sacred container um, and therefore to provide that context and that boundary, which is why we are so relational, yeah? because relationships are boundaries as well. Um, we really, and that that's so crucial to the embodiment, we provide very important feedback for then if we do this well and in a balanced way, it's from there then that the masculine active principle, by having been received and having centered and grounded into that deeper context of the wholeness, can go out and activate uh, what is from that wholeness. And um, you know what you can see in the divisions of our world for a long time is that that masculine principle, and that active principle. Um, it's been expanding, expanding, expanding. I mean, look at our, our worlds and um, even our population growth. Um, look at uh, the material exploitation of our planet. Yeah, so but we, what we haven't done is to really listen in and receive the feedback that our planet and the feedback that life is providing to those activities. And now we, you know, we can hear a lot more about people saying, yes, we need the feminine principle uh, and that it's feminine leadership is really important. And to me, that doesn't mean that women need to lead uh, because it's the feminine principle in men as well, but that it's a time when we really need to start to integrate and deeply listen to all the feedback um, that we have through our activities generated 
while being one member within the web of life. Uh, and that our activities have had impact. And it's when we now really can receive that feedback back to the center of our being and as a species, uh, there's an incredible opportunity to become self-aware and the feminine principle, because it's so receptive and it can provide these boundaries and it understands these boundaries and that context can then provide more accurate guidance and information for how to conduct our activities from that space of integrity again uh, and balance. Mm. You know, thank you for that. I When I was reading your book, Anna Luce, I had this experience because I've been thinking a lot about self-love and we, you know, we talk a lot about we need to learn to love ourselves, self-love. And I, when I read what you're talking about with the feminine principles and that receiving, it just like deepened into my being more of, of time to teach this feminine receptive energy of love on our planet as well as this masculine, you know, if we're thinking about feminine and masculine, this idea of love is you do something, right? You're acting, you're, you're going outside mm -hmm. of yourself. And then to love ourselves, a lot of times when we think of it from a masculine paradigm, it's I have to do something to love me, you know, that, and mm -hmm. what does that mean? That might mean, you know, I need to eat right, or I need to move my body, or I need to be kind with what I say to myself. But really this receptive energy, this receiving is really opening ourselves to even receive love in a whole new way. Can you speak on that? I know it's way off topic here, but I love that idea. Mm, yes, yes. And that's in the book we talk about, you know, the flame of love and it needed a sacred container. <laughs> yeah. In order to, yeah, to really, really be held. Yes. No, I, I agree with you. See, for me, Love is not an, um, just an action or emotion or a feeling. It's, it's much more fundamental than that. Um, it's actually a law, um, a, a law of, of manifestation um, from that deep unity and from that, uh, from that deep wholeness. Um, indeed, because if, if we think that we need to do this or um, be like that or please this person in order to either receive love or give love, then the starting point is as a reality. When we realize that we are love and we have the capacity to generate that love, to bring that forth, yeah? your starting point is the wholeness. It's the fullness of that. Mm. Um, yeah, and then also we can kind of accept that the love is already given. <laughs> no? Yes, all, all, yes. It's, it's, it's already given. And, and it's not something that, it's, it's not withheld from us. It's so, it's not conditional. It's not, um, if I do this, I will lose the love. And in fact, you know, if you could really trust in that, that this love is, is here, we are this love and this love is already given, uh, it would really change also the way we go through our relationships because sometimes we are so afraid to change the form of a relationship because we fear if we change the form, we will lose the love. So what we 
tell ourselves and teach our children is to, you know, it has to be in this particular form, in this particular way. Otherwise, there's no love. So you create fear. But if you truly feel that, you know, I, I am that love. Uh, that, that flame is in me. And it's for me to bring that forth. And no matter what, and that every opportunity in my life and every challenge and every difficulty is an opportunity to activate that potential and to bring more love into this world. And that um, relationships change, um, the forms change, but the love remains. Mm-hmm. It just has new ways to express itself. So, yes, then, then the love that we feel for ourselves as well is not based on um what we think we need to be in life you know it's that we are fundamentally on that love i love that you talk in the book love is the power of the one and then Mm -hmm. it manifests it manifests itself through us and then to just bring this back to the masculine and feminine again it's that we then love first needs to be received then it's fertilized so there's the feminine Mm -hmm. there's the masculine and after that it's nurtured to grow and then ready to be released and birthed into the world and shared. So it's not only just masculine, feminine, as we project onto male and female, but it really is our internal sense of masculine and feminine in our own co-creative process. Exactly. That's the alchemy. And that's why I was sharing earlier. Um, for me, it is the principle of the trinity behind the duality. Mm. So the Trinity, yes, where you have the uh, the Divine Father, Divine Mother principle and the Spirit out of that. It's like the child. Um, it's the love um, from the Divine Masculine and, and the and Divine Feminine and the union of that in what that brings forth into the world of creation. Um, and so that is a Trinity. Yeah. And so you see, and and uh, and when we feel that that trinity, and you can experience that union from the one becoming the masculine and the feminine, and then from the masculine feminine, it's again bringing forth the spirit of life in that flame of love um, through that alchemical process. Um, there's such a deep experience of that wholeness and that that union that we. We don't ever lose that um, by being in the world. Mm. Beautiful, and so I want to I want to come back to this sense of duality. I love how you differentiate polarity and duality, and and come back to the light and dark because I think this is mm. another lesson that each of our listeners and you know all of us can really integrate this into our whole being and so let's talk about light and dark because you do a beautiful job talking about that in your book (laughs) thank you yes the same here we have of course sometimes dark is associated with unconsciousness or or you know darker as in the um the kind of dynamics within us that we associate with shadow dynamics or more associated with pain if we call sacred darkness and sacred light um, if we look out uh, at night in the sky, um, there's light everywhere, but we only see it when when there is an object. No, then it's reflected. Okay, so again the containing principle. So um, you know that takes you deeper as well into the darkness, into the mystery. Yeah, 
um, that it is light as well. And what needs to be present within that for it to become self-aware and self-conscious. So this is, um, again, in our human perception, quite often we see them as a contrast. We see them as a polarity. Yet the sacred darkness is where the light is received very, very deeply. And in the receiving of that light, um, it becomes aware of itself because it's experienced. You have a beautiful diagram of showing the masculine and feminine and then the light and the dark and really how that alchemy happens when we're honoring Mm -hmm. all of that. Exactly. I really appreciate that diagram. And, and so with our listeners here, and, and as we're talking about this alchemy, and, and I'm looking at the duality, and, and again, that convergence and, and light and dark, there's just so much here that our mind has been conditioned. And you talk about this as the masculine mind that wants to you know, make sense out of this and create this linear, um, maybe those boxes that we're talking about before. But our mind wants to say, oh, wait, these are opposites, and then we we go into this dance of, of maybe resistance and fighting against or clinging to one or the other as it is a polarity. But there's this beautiful dance that happens when we really learn how to integrate and, and be this divine human. What might you say to our listeners if they're listening today and they're not quite there yet? How do you teach this? How do you really bring this into the embodiment of this balance and harmony and integration? Mm, that's a good question. Um, first of all, by truly honoring your whole self. Um, so if, if within ourselves we create a ranking system and we create a hierarchical system, um, which quite often people do, and they say, you know, um, a feeling arises and then the thought overrides says, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel this. Why shouldn't think this? Um, then what you see is instead of allowing for an integration um, within, um, there is a filtering that is taking place. So first of all, by becoming aware uh, of all these different voices inside ourselves, but not tr- try to create the script for that. Um, so first of all, be present to that be in that awareness and in that awareness um, know that the awareness within yourself that allows you to be conscious of those thoughts and those feelings and memories that awareness in itself is not influenced by those thoughts and feelings so when you realize that you have the capacity to be aware of all these different impulses within yourself um, and that you could even, even if you were to be aware of darkness and you were to be aware of light, awareness itself did not change by that experience of the darkness or the light. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that when you start to become of awareness itself as awareness, yeah, and you allow things to rise in with that, and you see it's not affected by what's rising within that. It's a bit like if we look at a mirror, The mirror reflects everything back that's in the room, but the mirror doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when we're present in that, like have that mirror-like wisdom, um, know that within our mind, 
a lot of things get reflected back, but a lot of the things that say when you just get in that quiet time, a lot of the things that become present in our mind is the afterthoughts. It's the echo of all that activity that's been taking place. And so the tendency is when we start to meditate is that when we become aware of that afterthought and that echo, that we start to get engaged in that, analyze it or doubt it or judge it or label it. But be like that mirror. Yeah. Just let it let it come up, observe it, see it for what it is, and then start to see the patterns. Don't look too much at the form of it. You start to see. And allow the internal system to relax. Because there is a wisdom inside all of us that knows how to integrate when we work with it. We yes. really trust in that. Yeah? So yes. that would be my my message is trust. There's a wisdom in you that knows who you are and it knows how to integrate and balance you. Be with that. Beautiful. Okay, so let's take this one step further because I think this is so important in our world today. You delivered a very informative and inspiring TED Talk uh, about love and really bringing that into the world. So here we are talking about this integration as whole systems ourselves, as, as individual humans on the planet. How do we then really embody this to take it into our organizations and social systems? It gets complicated. Everyone's not in that same place of meditating yeah. and looking in the mirror and listening to all those different languages that we talked about at the, at the beginning mm -hmm. of the show. So how do we then really embody this and carry this into the somewhat sometimes messy workplace and community place? Be, because we really are all, just like you said, we have that wisdom inside. We want our wholeness. We want to embody our wholeness. We want to heal the world. And here we are with this opportunity. And I know you have some brilliant wisdom for us right here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when the title, you know, I brought it back to three really key questions. There's a vector of love. And to be clear about what's your point of origin. Um, so from where do you stand in the world? And... Um, What's your reach? So how deep can you reach inside yourself and then reach out? And what are you reaching for? What are you focusing on? Yeah, And that, that determines the magnitude and therefore the impact um, of your reach. Um, so if you're bringing that into the world, and I understand that sometimes we feel all calm and nice and centered when we're still at home, and at the moment we go into heavy traffic, yeah, <laughs> and then we get to work, and then it's like, oh, I, you know, people forget everything. Um, yes. Yeah, so when I'm working with, with organizations, um, what I share with people there is, first of all, bring yourself with you. Because quite often, whether it is, and it's the same actually at schools or in other places or with relationships, um, very often people are only asked to bring one part of themselves. Yeah? Mm. And, and that is difficult. So we switch off. We feel if I'm at work, I shouldn't feel. Yeah? When I'm at school, I shouldn't dream. Uh, yeah, when I'm in this relationship, I should show this part of myself. When I'm in that relationship, another part. So no wonder when we get home, we feel fragmented or tired or divided. Yeah, So 
wherever you are, whatever you do, bring your whole self to the table. So even, yeah, if uh, certain parts are, are not actively asked for, let the other parts of yourself be there as the support system. And so and wherever I go, I bring my whole self with me and I allow, therefore, different expressions of myself to come forth. So again, receptive and active. So there are parts within me that are holding space. While other parts of me may be actively engaging in certain communications and activities, and then there's a balancing and, I, and then the flexibility to change that. Um, so, this would be you know, my first um, advice. And secondly, is that know that wherever we are and whoever we are with, nothing is predetermined. So, there's a lot of different potentials all the time. What you focus in, what you energize with your focus and with your attention is what you help to bring into being so be clear about that um in a, in a workplace for example say that you see that somebody is really grumpy and you go oh this person again now i just had a good day and now yeah? then you're feeding right into that you could also look at this person oh, this person is really grumpy let's smile you know let's see let's bring some humor and some joy coming back again that we are that love um you can bring it forth yeah um generate what you want to receive from others <laughs> so you want to have that joy and uh, bring it forth share it don't wait for others to generate that for you uh, and for us, so be very conscious about what potentials and therefore also what uh, what you give direction to. Leadership comes in many different ways, yeah? also in terms of the invisible. Um, so be aware of the dynamics that are in different spaces uh, and then really honor also your own rhythm. So if you feel that you, you know, you, you're tired and you just need a few minutes to yourself, um, take that time, just take that time and let go of whatever you're doing. If you can, even if it's just for a few seconds, but find a way to replenish yourself because you have this expectation, especially in a society where we always feel you have to be productive, um, that it's not okay to switch off. Um, and in fact, we are far more productive when we can replenish and have our moments of quietness and listening in and, and relaxing. I really appreciate that, that advice, Annalise. It's really, I'm just going to go back to how you were saying, bring your whole self to work, to school, to the community, to, to wherever you're at, and that we don't need to just take our gift that we think we're giving. I'm an accountant, so I need to take my analytical mind that knows how to work numbers to work, but leave the rest of me at home. It's like, I loved how you said, allow the other aspects of yourself to hold space and to be present. And really that can change everything. I, I can mm -hmm. totally see that changes everything. I've watched you in a group that we are in hold space and be in your heart and you know that it's it's true when we bring all of who we are we have these gifts that we think don't belong there but they're just literally being dormant and they can add so much value to all of what we do if we just bring our whole selves everywhere 
it's an awareness thing, isn't it? Exactly. This is the key because when we give ourselves the permission, what we say at the same time is that, no, I don't need to internally divide. There is nothing so important that I would need to internally divide. Mm. And if we could just say that to ourselves every day and at the same time, the, the convergence of that, if this is a continuum, flip the coin over and say, there's no need to externally divide either. As I'm looking out in the world, exactly. don't do it. Don't do it. Bring it all back into wholeness. This is brilliant. It's brilliant. Brilliant. You know, Mm -hmm. you, we, we could talk about so much more because you, you write about these keys of restoring homeless and there's so much more we could do, but Anna Luce, this was brilliant. And I love the start that we had. We're going to have to pick it up and do it again, but we just have about a minute left. I'm wondering if there's any one thing in a minute or less that you have left unsaid that you really want our listeners to hear today. (laughs) Celebrate life. It's precious, really. Make the most of it. Celebrate it. And and bring the best of yourself to that. Mm. How do you celebrate life? Appreciation. Mm. Appreciate the people around me. Appreciate what I have. Um, I make a commitment to whatever I can use my life for to bring a little bit more joy and a little bit more light into this world. And Mm. that's what I show up for. Well, you are truly a master of that. Ana Luce, it was so nice having you here today. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so, so much. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, we'll have to do part two now. So, but for today, we will close. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And remember, together, creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.